0: Hey, hey, what's up? It's Azisu back again, eSociety podcast, and this is NBA Check In with the Zisu. What's up, everybody? It's been five days since I last recorded. I was going to make the NBA Check In more of a daily thing, if not every two days, but uh, it's been five days, so we got a lot to catch up on. Instead of going game by game, I figured I'd just talk about the series that we need to cover since I last recorded. The only first-round series last time that was still going was the only Game 7 we had of the first round, and that was Nuggets-Spurs came all the way to Game 7 in Denver. And Denver was able to hold off San Antonio. The big news out of that game, the big storyline, was San Antonio had a chance but didn't foul late. It was pretty loud. Denver's crowd helped and coach pop for the spurs was trying to shout at his team and his team didn't hear him and they didn't foul and the nuggets held on and won and they moved on to face the blazers in round 2 so yeah that series didn't go the way i predicted i think i originally predicted spurs in 6 But I like to, you know, keep to my predictions. I call myself out when I don't get them. And, uh, you know, give myself a little credit when I do. So, yeah. But, yeah, the Spurs definitely had their chances. And they didn't get it done. And the Nuggets move on. I might as well just get into the Nuggets-Blazers series. Because that then kicked off. The, uh, it was only, yeah, two days later, so, uh, game seven ended, uh, Saturday, and then Monday night was the first game of Blazers-Nuggets. Nuggets won that, which was actually pretty surprising, considering they only played two days before, and the Blazers were coming off the rest of the... Their big series win over OKC. But Nikola Jokic had 37 points. And they withstood Dame's 39 points. And yeah, they got the win. So that was pretty impressive. But Portland was able to strike back on Wednesday... I'm recording this on Thursday, May second, but yeah, on Wednesday it was Game two, and Blazers took Game two. And even though you you might have think you might have thought they'd get Game one, getting Game two was was huge because now they go back to Portland with the series tied one one. In that game, CJ McCollum uh, scored twenty points, which uh, led the way for the Blazers. That actually isn't very much of a high score, but it was actually a low-scoring game, 97-90, so yeah, Dame only had 14, Cantor had 15, Zach Collins had 10 for the Nuggets, yeah, they just had a, a off-shooting night, Jokic had 16, Jamal Murray had 15, Millsev had 14, yeah. But I actually did miss that game, and it looks like I didn't miss much. I tuned in right at the end to see that the Blazers had won and held them off. And I thought about recording then, but then I was like, uh, let me just let me wait one more day. I, I, I kind of uh, put it off, but uh, I couldn't put it off any longer. I definitely wasn't going to wait till Saturday, which is when game three of the... Warriors Rockets series is. But yeah, speaking of Warriors Rockets, I haven't even recorded since that series kicked off. The first game of that series was last Sunday, April 28th. The Warriors held on for a 104-100 victory. It was, as a, as a lifelong Warriors fan and a diehard fan of the team, I I try to watch every game, if not, I'm, I'm always right there to, you know, check, see how the game went, watch the highlights, and make sure I do a write-up. I've been doing it for years now, since 2014, been a lifelong fan, but, uh, uh, Instagram at the Z, so I've been doing these game wrap-ups. I haven't missed a game since 2014, so pretty cool, because it was right before the start of the Dynasty run, and I've covered every game since on there. But yeah, uh, you can just feel when a game has the right vibe or not, especially since we've been in this Dynasty mode. and We really, you know, should have had them easily, but instead, the big story coming out of this one, game one, was... Houston accusing the officials of missing all these calls, supposedly at halftime, the refs admitted to missing four calls where they they Warriors didn't provide landing space for Harden, and that's become a huge issue in the NBA, especially dealing with the Warriors and the Zaza Petrulia coming under Kawhi Lender, even though I will say just real quick on that, going back years on that, like if you look at that play, like that was such a controversial play. Like Zaza wasn't actually looking. He, he had his head turned. So, you know, he has a little bit of a reputation as being that kind of guy, but I really, really in my heart, and, and I'm sure there's part of me, it's a Warriors fan that, that, that you know, taints how I see it, but I just didn't feel like that was as dirty as, as everybody made it out to, you know, another guy that, uh, you know, I'm a fan of, especially his work now in the media. I love Jalen Jacoby, you know, I love seeing him on get up, but Jalen Rose, he was accused of doing that to Kobe Bryant in, Kobe's famous uh, 81 point game and he he flat out admits it now so he always likes to call people out on that and of course he did here too but then the problem was is Houston to try to sell the calls was really like just throwing their body like fling it there's this one of Chris Paul that I feel like The folks in the media, definitely. I mean, there was a little bit of highlight on it. I watched get up, and they they kind of Richard Jefferson focused on it. But man, Paul's body like he completely flings himself sideways to try to get the call, and then was is is mad when he doesn't get it. He ended up getting tossed. He like bumped an official at the end, and and then of course they go to the media, and they're like, oh. Hardens had the famous line of, uh, oh, we just we just want a fair chance. And it's like, oh, give me a break. And, uh, so that was really frustrating. You just knew it when I wrote my my wrap-up. You knew that that was going to dominate the talk. And you're just like, oh, great. You knew it was going to be frustrating. But uh, to talk about the actual basketball from the game, Durant had 35 to carry the way. Uh... What else we got here on the box score? Yeah, uh, Steph only had 18, 5 for 12 shooting, 3 for 10 on threes. Clay, a little rough too, with 5 for 13 shooting for 13 points. Andre and Dre had really solid games. That was also interesting about this series, how they haven't even, like, they just went straight to the so-called old, you know, what they used to call in these past years, the so-called death lineup in the Hamptons, or Hamptons 5, the starting lineup of uh, Draymond, Durant, Curry, Thompson, and Andre Ugudala. And yeah, Andre was 6 for 7, uh, 14 points, had a bunch of dunks. He, he actually leads the playoffs in dunks. Pretty crazy stat for a guy so far, so deep into his career, you know. Dre played 40 minutes. He was uh, 7 for 9, but he had 9 rebounds, 9 assists. So solid, so important, especially on a night when uh, Stephen Clay were a little off with their shot. But, yeah, Durant led the way with the 35 points. On the Houston side, Harden had 35. He was 4 for 16 from 3. Eric Gordon was 4 for 13 from 3. Yikes. He had 20, Eric Gordon had 27 points. Chris Paul had 17. He was three for six from three. I also remember some of the talk coming out of the game was that, you know, they needed more from Paul. Also, uh, Capella was pretty much played off the floor. He only had four points. P.J. Tucker, all, even though he played 39 minutes, he was 0 for 4, 0 for 3 from three-point range, only three rebounds, and he had zero points so that's kind of crazy, especially for them. I know they were talking about the, how they needed that. Game two was 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 thankfully uh, only two days later on Tuesday, April 30th. And the story out of this one was completely different. Thankfully, it, we didn't have a lot of uh, controversy or uh, debate and worry over ref calls and foul calls. Thankfully, we didn't have that. The problem was that uh, we had uh, a star for each team get into a little bit of uh, uh, injury scare for Houston. Their main guy, Harden, got accidentally raked over the face by Draymond going for a rebound. And, uh, you know, everybody gives Draymond a hard time. For, for being a little reckless, but this truly was an accident. You can go ahead and look at the replay and you can see, you know, he's not with any intent. He's actually doesn't see that he did it. And then as Harden was actually leaving the floor to get checked out, you know, he, he you know, he went, truly went to apologize. So, you know, if it was really something he intended to do, he definitely wouldn't have done that. He didn't do that for the famous Stephen Adams incident. Everybody knows what I'm talking about if you're a fan of the league. Uh, you know, Dre has this bad reputation, but it's really, you know, and I'm a, a Warriors fan who watches all these games, but considering how much he plays and how much he's done, he's really, it doesn't warrant that reputation but I think another part of it too is just sometimes the, the attitude he has but uh, it's one of the things that's propelled this dynasty he's so important you need a guy you need a mouth you need a guy who, who's fearless and talks and scraps and that's Dre for us and I know that's not everybody's kind of favorite player in the league you know we've had him all throughout the years Dennis Rodman you know Bill Lambier, obviously two bad boys Rodman went on to the Bulls and Spurs and whatnot, but there's always been there. Rasheed Wallace comes to mind. They've always been there. The mouth, the talker, you know, that kind of person, so... I love what he does for us, but uh, yeah, I mean, I do feel bad for Harden because you never want to beat a team because of injuries because a guy didn't play and Harden was out of the game for 11 minutes. He hadn't scored before that, and the crazy thing was he claimed that you know he was having really a lot of trouble seeing. His eyes were red. He's not faking it, that's for sure. And you know, he he actually went and what did he put up he ended up uh with 29 points uh he hit uh, 9 for 19 3 for 7 for 3 and all that scoring was actually after the injury he didn't score before the injury so that's kind of crazy because it just goes to show how much of it is like muscle memory for these guys and like pros that he's actually just able to go through the motion only halfway being able to see that's That's what's really crazy. But uh, on our side, Steph, uh, he got a a jammed finger uh, trying to break up a play on the defensive end. And he had to go out and they had to uh, pop back a finger and... uh, It was good to see him try to get right back in, though uh, he didn't stop firing and uh, kept shooting. And that was good to see. And it did work out, even though, you know, uh, still not the most efficient night. Uh, 33 minutes, he was 6 for 16, 20 points. 3 for 13 from 3. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously dealing with it. But uh, just as I went to record this, I saw one of the top stories was that uh, he's practicing, he's fine, he's ready to go for game three, and, uh, you know, he's going for it. It's something he's dealt with almost, it feels like, for this whole dynasty run and his whole career, you know, ankle injuries. It's always something with Steph, but it's good to see he's, you know, putting it all out there and going for it. You know, this is most probably the most important series. Everybody says this is uh, the biggest matchup for the Warriors, and we're getting in the second round now. I'll, you know, going in, there was a lot of debate. Is that, you know, better for the Warriors to get it out of, out of you know, out of the way early? I think so. It, but a lot of people said it was actually better for the Rockets, especially considering the past health and the past conditioning of Harden and Paul. So... It seemed better for both teams, and as of right now, it's going the Warriors' way. We, we defended home court and then, uh, took both games, up two games to none, and then there is a huge break, which we're in the middle of now, before the first game in Houston is on Saturday. So, man, that's kind of crazy. I, I get, you know, a couple days, but, man making us wait what game two was Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday you know Saturday night so uh just to finish up the stats for the game uh Durant's solid again uh that's big news everybody says ever since he had the the quote uh, I'm Kevin Durant you know who I am you know what I do you know who I am All that he's been on a roll, and yeah, no doubt he was uh, 44 minutes, nine for 22, three for six from three, 29 points leading the way. Dre solid again, six for 10, 12 rebounds, 15 points. Andre in 32 minutes, six for nine. That's so efficient, 16 points. Just man, he's he's showing it. Uh, Clay with uh, Stephen Clay had a nearly identical uh, games one and two. Uh, Clay in 41 minutes was eight for 18, three from nine for three, 21 points. So, you know, not the most solid. And uh, you can tell the coach Kerr and the Warriors they're riding this uh, this Hamptons lineup, this death lineup, whatever you want to call it. Dre, 39 minutes, Durant, 44 minutes, Steph, 33 minutes, <laughs> Clay, 41 minutes, Andre, 32 minutes. Uh, off the bench, Looney had 16 minutes, Sean Livingston had 13, Drubko had 10. Uh, the next, you know, highest was McKinney had 9, and the only other person that got any minutes was Bogut with 2 minutes. He was 0 for 1 with 2 rebounds, so... Yeah, they are not messing around as they shouldn't. I remember that was the whole talk ever since I started doing this NBA check in and pretty much how I felt all year that they know what Houston did last year. They know that Houston pushed them. Houston had them on the edge. They had to go to game seven. Everybody talks about the Paul injury, obviously, it had a factor, but Andres Igudala's injury played a factor for us too. So. Anyways, yeah, I can't wait for Game 3 of that. Uh, Game 3 will go a long way to solidifying the series. I really want Game 3. Harden looks to be all good, 100% go for them. So, should be a good game. Can't wait for that on Saturday. Alright, we got two more series to talk about. The... Bucks and Celtics series. Game one of that was also last Sunday and it was at Milwaukee and the Celtics came in and, and and pretty much shocked them. The Celtics led pretty much all the way. They were up 26-17 after one and yeah it was a very shocking result. I remember the big news coming out of this one was it was funny. Uh, it became news on all the shows that Paul Pierce who thought it could be a series, but he's like, this series is over for the Bucks. You know, he didn't he didn't see it, and I was like, uh, you know, it was just you know off game for Milwaukee. Uh, you know, Giannis definitely didn't have it. His line was in 34 minutes. Seven for 21. He actually hit three threes. Uh, I I did watch some of this one, and I did see he hit those late. So I don't know, you know, how efficient that was in the end, because Boston really did clue, cruise to the win. It was a 22 point win. So next highest score for the Bucks was Middleton with 16 for the Celts, Kyrie led the way with 26 off a 12 to 21 shooting. He also had 11 assists. Al Horford had 20 points. And another storyline coming out was, as people like to do when a star struggles or has an off game or a surprise game, they'll say, like, oh, this person is the stopper. And now they're called, after the game one, they were calling Al Horford the Giannis stopper. And I don't know how much that stuck because also... Uh, Two days later, the Rockets-Warriors-Celtics-Bucks and series kind of fell in line that way. Uh, Giannis struck back, and the Bucks themselves, they got themselves a 21-point win. So, yeah, uh, I did completely miss this one. Uh, I caught just the end of it, tuning in in time for the Warriors-Rockets game, but... Yeah, as far as the stat lines in this one. Giannis was actually similar shooting numbers, but uh he obviously went to the hole more, got more free throw opportunities off of uh seven for fifteen shooting, two threes, uh, he had twenty-nine points. Uh also a big difference this time was Chris Middleton at twenty-eight and Eric's Bledsoe had twenty-one. So yeah, they they were definitely the difference this time around, and for the Celts, Kyrie only had nine. That's that's a, that's a huge tell telltale tell sign right there. He was four for eighteen, struggled big time. Al Horford had fifteen, uh, just off a of six for ten shooting. Their actually highest scorer was uh, is that Marquis or is that Morris or uh, Marcus? Yeah. Marcus Morris of the Morris Twins. I forgot which one was on the Celts. It's, uh, he had, he had 17 points. So yeah, Milwaukee came back and tied that series 1-1. So we are getting game three of that Friday. So they get their game three before. The Warriors and the Rockets. That's at 5 p.m. Pacific time on ESPN. Boston's favored win by two, as the series is uh, in Boston right now. And uh, I definitely think the Celtics will take that. I think uh, they're going to take at least the first game in Boston. But we will see. So... Oh... Uh, the other series, did I, did I mention uh, Nuggets, Trailblazers, that series, yes I did, that was before I got into Warriors, so the only series left to talk about is the other Eastern Conference series, the game that actually went down today, uh, game three of the series, between the 76ers and the Raptors, Uh, That was actually the first game of round two. That was on the same night as Spurs-Nuggets game seven. Raptors 76ers, uh, first game in Toronto. And Toronto pretty much rolled easily to the win in this one. Kawhi had 45 points. And yeah, you know, solid rollover and... I definitely was feeling a little worried for Philly. I listened to all these pods and all this NBA coverage. And as much as I've loved Philly's roster, there's so much like talk about there about the doubt that, you know, people have in them. But uh, game two on Monday, the 76ers actually got it. Uh, Jimmy Butler, big Jimmy, Jimmy Butler game. He scored 30 and uh, Philly won 94-86. So they did steal one in Toronto, which was huge for them going back to Philly, which, like I just said, was tonight's game, uh, Thursday, May 2nd. And the 76ers got this one. I did watch this one. And, yeah, they led from start to finish. Uh, Embiid had a huge game. He scored 33, and, you know, he did the thing that Embiid, you know, does, he's, he's having fun on the court, he's talking, he's gesturing to the crowd, he hit this one three over Gasol, and he just freezes there, and Gasol kind of, like, runs into him and, like, pushes him away, there was another incident where, uh, Pascal Siakam, and I guess they're from, uh, I guess they're both from Cameroon, so, they know each other, but, uh, yeah, they, uh, you know, had a few things, uh, Couple block shots from Embiid, and then they got tangled up a little. And uh, uh, Siakam tried to, to trip him, which almost led to a fight. And uh, not really, but a little bit of an incident there. And then, uh, because Embiid was hitting threes, he uh, he pump faked this three, and you know, it's one thing to be at home, one thing to play, but yeah. Eh. It it was such a bad fake, in my opinion. He faked so... I don't know how Gasol went for it, but yeah, he did. He went up, and Embiid and goes to the basket and basically windmills it, and then airplanes, and... Yeah, he's having fun, and, and I, I, you know, I actually do like to see that. I know it's not for everybody. They don't like the showboating, but... Uh, I'm entertained. He's a personality, and he, he's a, he's more of a fun personality. One of the most interesting rivals we have in the NBA is Embiid versus Westbrook. They don't even play the same position. They're East and West team. They only see each other twice a year. But yeah, they they definitely don't get along. Russ has got his crabby ways, and Embiid's got his you know troll ways, and yeah, they just clash. But. Yeah, uh, Philly now up 2-1 in this series with still another game to go in Philly. So Toronto definitely wanna wants to get this one if, uh, if they don't want to be in danger of, uh, you know, going back to Toronto uh, with the 3-1. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, I, you know, I had a lot of love for Philly going in and... and, and uh listening to all the pods I do, all the coverage I do, you know, people had me doubting it. People had me wondering. I, t- I said as I made my round two predictions that uh, I was going to roll with Philly, but I didn't feel confident in it. And uh, yeah, feeling, feeling good now. So, you know, I'm, I, I called that there. So feeling good about that. So, yeah, I think we did a good catch up coming in right at under a half hour now, so did a good job, and uh, yeah, we'll be back soon to talk about more, Uh, like I said, Friday, tomorrow we have got two games, as I mentioned, that's Bucks-Celtics game three, five on uh, ESPN, Boston's two-point favorite, I think they will win, and we got uh, Nuggets Trailblazers, game three, the first game in Portland, Portland's favored by four, and I like that, I like Portland to go up 2-1 in that series, so I probably won't record after that, Uh, I'm probably going to wait till after, uh, on Saturday, May 4th, we got Rockets Warriors, a little bit of an earlier start since it's the only game that day. Uh, ABC 530 Pacific time. Houston's actually favored by three and a half. You know, I'm a Warriors fan. You know, I got confidence. I know the Warriors want this. They don't want to mess around this series. The Warriors are going to cover that. They're going to win this. Uh, I won't say they'll win by double digits, but, uh, let's, let's give them a healthy seven point win. And, uh, I'll remember that, uh, I like that number. So yeah, Uh, until then, have fun, be safe, and we'll see you next time, E-Society.